Voice of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church of Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. You can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any other popular podcast platforms. On Sunday, August 7th, we had a guest preacher, Reverend D. Cooper, joined us from the Presbytery as we transition into this next season at New Hope. Well, I bring you greetings in the name of Jesus Christ on behalf of Denver Presbytery. It's my joy as the lead presbyter for the first Sunday to actually be able to join you, wonderful, faithful members of New Hope Presbyterian Church. I know you are in a season of mixed emotion. I know last week you celebrated deeply such a beloved pastor in Russ and the generations that he has been here to serve and to provide such faithful ministry. I know that indeed in the midst of celebrating him, the feelings of being so strong of thanksgiving are mixed because you hate to see him go. So I wanna also name that with you, that you've entered into this phase, this new phase, of almost walking through the threshold, carrying that heavy heart that Jordan spoke about, but also wondering what's next? What does God have in store for us? I want you to know that Denver Presbytery is here. We are here with you to walk with you through those stages, through those steps, through that exploration and discernment. You don't have to do this alone. So I just want to name, we see you, we hear you, and we'll walk with you. Today's text is a little bit like that experience, indeed, of being in a place and not quite knowing what's beyond, what is in store for us. But I want to start with this first slide Oh, that's, let's go to the next one. There we go. So tell me, what do you see? It's okay to yell in church. (laughs) What do you see? Stripes. Horses in striped pajamas. Anybody see a zebra? Okay, good, good. I was worried. (laughs) And do you see a zebra? Two, three, so several, anybody see four? Okay, I just want to make sure we don't need to get some eye checks. This is actually an optical illusion, but there are three zebras in this picture. And I love this because it invites us into how do we see things the way we've always seen them? And this is what optical illusions are so wonderful about, because they invite us to consider a new way of looking at things. I had the joy about 10 years ago of traveling with my sabbatical, and I got to explore across the world um, animals and what they teach us about God, about play, about ourselves, and each other. And in doing so, I um, purchased with my sabbatical funds a new camera. And I had that intention of I'm going to go and I'm going to take lessons so that I will get that National Geographic picture that everybody wants to get. 
Well, at the time I was a pastor and pastor's lives fill up and as my sabbatical approached, there were no lessons to learn anything about what I was supposed to know about photography. So instead, I just thought, well, I'll kind of wing it. You know, I'll see what happens. And so as I went on this journey, what I would do is I would sit with whatever animal. I, knew, I didn't know how to focus, so that was good, and I knew how to charge my batteries. So I would focus on the animal and just wait until I got that inner sense. Sometimes people would call those those holy nudges of taking the picture. And in that moment, that's when it would come. I'm going to see if I can go backwards on this. Yeah. So this is one of my photographs. This was in Kruger National Park in South Africa. And I took this picture. I was thrilled with it because I just love the picture. I love the lion, the lioness. Um, she is wild. This is, this is just captured while we were out on safari. But as I returned back to the States, I had several photo professional photographers say, this is an exceptional picture. Now, I couldn't have told you what in the world. They were like the backlighting, and they went in all the technical pieces. But what I could tell you is I loved that you could see the ruggedness and the courage in her ear. She's been in battles. But you could also see that nurturing quality in her teeth. She's a mother. She's maternal. So I love that practice of just sitting and taking the picture without necessarily having to get myself all sorted into what needs to happen to make it a good picture. It was following that internal instinct. This was an exercise that actually began a spiritual discipline that I still do today, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. But let's go to the text. In this text is from Isaiah, and it's important to understand as we weave is Jesus quotes Isaiah more than any other prophet. This is his favorite. This is what he proclaims more than any other prophet throughout his ministry. Isaiah is, is wonderfully rich in the metaphors, the imagery, this whole idea of knowing there is a difference from where we are and where we're going, where God is calling us to, and how do we get there. And through many different approaches and ways for us to look at this, we, we find inspiration, we find excitement, we find that mission of being who God is seeing us to be. It causes us to live life a little different when we take that on. It invites us to actually engage with new priorities and maybe even kind of putting on a new lens on how we look at life. It's easy to be stuck and kind of feel like, wow, I can see where we're supposed to go, but I feel my feet are like cement here, and I don't know how to go forward. James DeWitt, who is a professional photographer for National Geographic, he led a, a whole series that was inspirational, and his primary core line in this is it's all about perspective. If you're wanting a new perspective, you change your lens. Let me say that again. If you want a new perspective, you change your lens. Because too many times, we're looking through the very same lens that we've looked through over and over and over again. And we're hoping for a new outcome, a new different way of seeing things. But we see things the same way. 
So I want to try this out, and I invite you to play with me, and those at home can play with those that are around you. How many of you had an older sibling or a parent or a guardian who, when you did something wrong, kind of what Nick was saying, you know, it's not that, what are you doing, but that they could easily give you what was called a stink eye. (laughs) Anybody? Anybody not know what a stink eye is? It's that look that you know, without saying a word, you've done something wrong. So I invite you to take on that stink eye look. Kind of take it on and find somebody in the room to shoot it at. I promise they won't combust. It's a time that you can actually be enjoyable with it, but just take on and kind of look at somebody and look at them with your stink eye. Some of y'all are even looking at me with a stink eye. Notice as you look at them with a stink eye, how do they start to look to you? How do you start to feel about them inside? Just notice it. Okay, we'll remove the stink eyes. Everybody go back to your loving selves. So it's a piece that we're asked in this text. Two questions. Have you not heard... Have you not seen or understood? Those words are many times used interchangeably. We've played with have you not seen. Let's play with hearing. Take a moment and close your eyes if you feel comfortable doing so. And just listen, just notice what you hear. Maybe you hear my voice. or a person's belly growling, or a giggle. You might hear breathing. Hmm. If y'all come back, so it's noticing what am I hearing and what lens, what, what filters am I hearing those through? Isaiah promises us God is doing big things. God is doing remarkable things in our midst. God is stirring the waters and inviting us into a new creation, into new ways of being in our world. And we're asked, do you see those? Do you hear those? We're being challenged as a denomination, as a presbytery, as a church, and even as individual people of faith. Who are we? And what are we doing? What are we noticing? And if we're not seeing or hearing these items today, in this moment, are we seeing God in the midst of all that's occurring? Otherwise, if we're not in this present moment looking and seeing and noticing, We're actually pulling an information that's old. And as we know, an ever-changing, ever-vast God does not stand still. And so we're, we're almost going into our history to pull back to being here. And it's easy to miss what's happening here if we're not opening ourselves to learning, to attending to the voice of God, to see the evidence of God's fingerprint all around us even in the midst of great change. 
such as losing a pastor for so many years. If we're not seeing those pieces, if we're not seeing the the weaving of the divine, we might ask ourselves, what lens are we looking through? What are some of the barriers that get in the way of our listening? Well, we might have tunnel vision of how things have to be or the way things are going to happen. And I would like to introduce or share with you just this concept by Les Femi. Les Femi wrote a book called Open Focus, Narrow Focus. It's a great book. It's the whole idea of perspective, of lens, from narrow to open. And what he's engaging is the reality that we all have learned and know and appreciate is we have a left-hand side of our brain and a right-hand side of our brain. I'm going to see this slide if I can do this now. Here's a real pretty one. So our left-hand side of the brain, in fact, take out your hand and if you feel comfortable, put it on your left side of your brain. This is the part of your brain that you use to find what's wrong, to look at details specific. This is the part of your brain that helps you do critical thinking, to look at very detail-specific, narrow-focused things. So give some love, because that's a big part of your brain, and most of you, you live in that part of your brain. Now, the other side of your brain, the right-hand side, you might give some love, too. For some, this may be the only time you actually make connection with your right side of your brain. The right side of your brain is the one that's open to possibilities, that's open for big new innovations, for ideas, for creative thought. Now, when our our choir sings, they are singing from this part of the brain. They're moving back and forth, but it's also this part of the brain that engages that creativity, that offering. They're both vital. They're both important. And yet, many times we live in that left-hand side of the brain. Do y'all remember, and not all of you will, I know there's, I'm dating myself, at the dentist's office, there used to be a um, magazine called Highlights. Anybody remember Highlights? They still do? Who knew? I haven't read the magazines in the dentist's office lately, so I haven't paid attention. Um, but in Highlights, there was a thing of find what's wrong with this picture. Yeah, I loved that. I would spend hours figuring out what was wrong and what was going on. And that's good. That's an important skill set we have in living. But if we get stuck there, we never can see what are the possibilities. Albert Einstein, one of the most uh, brilliant men in our society, in our known contemporary culture, We often think about him working on chalkboards and doing equations and and working it out until he got the right answer. But there's so much proof around what happened is he would get stuck in his equations and he wouldn't push through just trying to do the same thing. He would go out and ride his bike. He would get out in nature. He would go play with children. There's pictures of him making faces because that engaged the other part of his brain. So what we're talking about is using your whole brain. It's all wonderful. Using your whole self as whole people of God. Indeed, like Mary Oliver in the poem shared, it's the whole experience, the both and, and in moving back and forth from those. If we're only looking through our narrow focused lens, it's impossible for us to hear truly what God is doing that's new. And that doesn't mean overriding 
that there may be challenges, there may be problems, there may be things that pop up for us. It's inviting us to consider those in the other aspect of our brain to see what's possible. So let's try this again. Now, look around the room and find someone that you haven't really appreciated or you, you feel appreciation for, but you haven't expressed it recently. And I'm not gonna invite you to say something, but just take a moment, and you can do this just kind of sending out some love and appreciation for them. It may be the person you gave the stink eye to. It may be somebody else. But just take a moment and hold them in your gaze and just send them some love. And notice how you feel about them with that being your lens. It's a very different experience than the stink eye. I mentioned before a practice I have is that I walk every day with my dog Winnie. When I was uh, living across from Wash Park in Denver, we walked Wash Park, I now live in Mayfair. And every day I begin with this discipline in my walking prayer meditation is I put a drop of what is something I haven't seen before. I want to see something that's new. And it could be something I've seen 15 times, but it's in a different stage of life. It could be something that I'm looking down in a different way or that I'm looking up that I've never seen before, and I take a picture. Because what I'm doing is feeding that part of that creativity, that expression of how God has so miraculously made us and how indeed we can hold the both hand. We can move forward with that creativity and listening and open and hearing to what God has for us. I want to try this uh, context to our text going back because we talk about eagles. And many times when I would read this text and what I would envision is what I saw in a Harry Potter movie is that everybody jumped on a giant bird and flew off. But it was that idea that eagles would actually rescue us and empower us and soar with them. And again, it's imagery, it's a metaphor, but I wonder if we think about the eagle in this context. If you think about eagles, eagles can see very specific, three miles a rabbit, they can point that eagle, that eagle can see that rabbit. But they also have the more breadth of peripheral, peripheral vision more than any other bird. So they're actually engaging the both and. They're doing the specific, the left brain, but they're doing the right brain too, moving back and forth. And I believe with Albert Einstein, with the eagle, with the church, with us as individuals, when we utilize both sides, we're energized. We're not tired. We're not only believing what's wrong, but we're seeing God in the midst of what's happening before us. It takes intentionality to put on new glasses, to see the world from a different view, a different perspective. So how can we be more open to seeing and hearing new things? How can we change our perspective from what's wrong to the invitations that are before us and the possibilities? It's important that we infuse in our discussions, in our lives, even as we look at what's forward, what's happening, because Denver Presbytery is in a similar place y'all are. They're getting used to me now, and that's a whole nother thing. 
but we're all stepping into the unknown together, but we're going in with a God who loves us, who is doing amazing things before us and inviting us to listen, to say, do you hear me? Do you see my fingerprint? There's so many big invitations before us. So how can we be a faithful people as we listen with God, as we walk as whole people together? Let us pray. God, thank you for making us whole human beings. Thank you for making us astoundingly made in the ways that our bodies work and our hearts work and our lives work. And thank you. Thank you for always inviting us to see you in our midst together. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. Go in peace and have a wonderful week.